are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The scripture is found in 1 John chapter 4. Two verses I call to your attention, verse 10 and verse 19. Verse 10, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. Herein is love, not that we love God. We don't love God as we ought, but God just keeps on loving us. I heard a mother say one time to her child, Dear, don't do that. God won't love you. Yes, he will. He'll keep on loving you. Sometimes people say to me, God love you. Well, he does. God loves everybody. He has a special love for his children. He had a complacent love for his son. He spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But he has benevolent love for all people. And he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, I'm not a Christian because I'm afraid of hell. If I had no other reason, I'd be a Christian. Don't misunderstand. There is a hell, and it's an awful place. It's God's penitentiary. You know, uh, there's a sickless sentimentalism over the world today. A lot of people say that a God of love will not allow sinners to go to hell. Why, Jesus preached hell. He had more to say about hell than any other character in the Word of God. And if you were to tie out every page that has anything about the retribution for sin upon it, you would not have much Bible left. Sometimes people don't like evangelists because they sometimes tell deathbed stories. Jesus went beyond the deathbed. He told about a rich man who lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment, and he seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he crieth and saith, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he might dip his finger in the water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, there's a gulf fixed, so Lazarus can't come to you. Then he said, send Lazarus back to my brothers. I have five brethren who are lost. Did you ever hear anybody say, if I go to hell, I'll have plenty of company? You'll not want it when you get to hell. This man didn't want his brothers there. He said, send Lazarus back. But you know what Abraham told him? Jesus said this. Abraham answered and said, son, they have Moses and the prophets. Now, he was not talking about Moses as a man and the prophets as men. Moses was not contemporary with the prophets. Moses was a prophet. And there were prophets in Moses' day. But when he said Moses and the prophets, plural, he had reference to the writing prophets. You see, that's the name of the Old Testament. I have on my Bible, Holy Bible. If this were an Hebrew Old Testament, it would have Haturah, Wenevim, Wakathuvim. That is the law and the prophets and the writings. Or it may simply have Moshe, Wenevim, Moses and the prophets. That's the name of the Old Testament. And Jesus said, Abraham told that man, they've got the Old Testament. And if they won't believe that, they'll not believe if a man gets up out of the tomb 
and goes to preaching. My friend, God witnesses to the fact that this is his word. And the human heart bears witness to that fact. You'll believe this book or go to hell. They have Moses and the prophets. If they won't believe the Bible, they won't believe. Now Jesus said that. You know, hell's a real place. Jesus preached about it. Yet a lot of people say a God of love will not let sinners go to hell. I suppose they think they know more about love than Jesus, whose heart burst with love as he hanged on a cross. I suppose they think they know more about love than he who is God himself, Jesus Christ. Now there is a hell. And if I had no other reason, I'd be a Christian. But that's not why I'm a Christian. If I had no reason except that, I'd turn to Jesus now. Now that I am saved. But that's not why I'm a Christian. I'm not a Christian because I want to go to heaven. I do want to go to heaven when I die. I'm not in a big hurry. I'm like the little boy who was on the front row. The preacher said, uh, how many of you would like to go to heaven when you die? The little fellow didn't hear him say when you die. And uh, people around raised their hands. He said, son, don't you want to go to heaven when you die? Oh, he said, yes, sir, when I die. He said, I thought you was getting up a load to go now. <laughs> so I'm no big hurry. Sometimes I get homesick for heaven, like the apostle in a street betwixt two, whether to remain here and apart and be with the Lord. But uh, I'd like to preach the word of God a few more years. I'd like to round out uh, three score and ten years preaching the word of God. That would give me a little more than 50 years of the ministry. I started preaching when I was a 19-year-old boy. And I, I, I'm no big hurry. Uh, though I'd love to see Jesus come this morning. And we'd all who know him would beat him in the air. But uh, that's not why I'm a Christian. To be honest with you, I had no affinity for heaven until uh, I found Jesus. A sinner doesn't want to go to heaven. Oh, I thought it'd be nice to go up there and see the streets of gold and the jasper walls, river flowing from the throne of God, sit down, let an angel wait on me. But I had no real affinity for heaven. You know, if a sinner got to heaven without Jesus, that is an unsaved sinner, until Jesus comes into his heart. If he got up there without Jesus, he'd be miserable. He'd be like the fellow that got on the wrong boat down here in Cincinnati. He thought he was going up to that amusement park. He used to take a boat up the river, you know. And uh, they were going across the river to a Sunday school picnic. And they were singing songs and having prayer. And the fellow jumped in the river with his clothes on. Swam back to Cincinnati. You know, if a fellow got to heaven without Jesus in his heart, he'd be miserable. He'd listen to the angels sing and He'd listen to the saints of God sing up there and he'd say, I've never heard music like this. And I've never seen a place as beautiful as this. But then after a few days, he'd say, how guy get out of here? I'm miserable. I want to go to my own place. I want to be with my own crowd. I don't belong. He has no affinity for heaven. He needs Jesus. That makes the difference. You take Jesus into your heart and you'll belong. So I'm not a Christian because I want to go to heaven. Though now that I am a Christian, I wouldn't miss it. I'm going there one day by the grace of God. I'm going to walk down streets of gold under a cloudless sky. 
And I'm going to look up into the face of Jesus and hear him call my name. He knows my name, knows your name. He knows the sheep and calls them all by name. And uh, I wouldn't miss that. I'm going to see those whom I've loved long since and lost a while. And I, I, I do want to go to heaven. But that's not why I'm a Christian. I'm not a Christian because the Christian life is the only life that satisfies. It is. No other life satisfies. All worldly pleasure can do for you is animate desire for more. And that cause you want more and more and more. Only your very soul is on fire with the passions of hell. But Jesus satisfies. I got down my old psychology books one day and listed the things that uh, the psychologists tell us man must have if he's to be satisfied. I have every one of them in Jesus Christ. Heading the list is love. Well, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I have love in Jesus Christ. And then man wants peace. Well, I have made peace with God through the blood of his cross. So I have the peace of God as I walk in fellowship with Jesus. You know, out of fellowship, even a Christian doesn't have peace, the peace of God. He's miserable. In fact, a Christian is the most miserable person in all the world when he's out of the will of God. But in fellowship, I have the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. And one day, Jesus is going to bring peace to this old war-torn, sin-cursed world. When he reigns on the throne of David, the nations will beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks when nations turn to Jesus, when he comes back in his glory. And uh, then psychologists tell us that man wants recognition. Everybody wants to be recognized. Even the hermit wants to come to town about once a year and show his beard. Well, I have recognition. He knows his sheep and calls them all by name. And then the psychologists tell us that uh, man wants rest. I have rest in Jesus. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. And to have Jesus in your heart is to receive physical rest as well as spiritual rest. And then the psychologists tell us that man must want some gratification or satisfaction for his appetites. God gave you every appetite you have. And man wants to satisfy his appetites, but you don't satisfy your appetite by giving way to it. You must control it. And the only way to have proper control of your appetites and your passions is to have your body under control of your soul and your soul in obeisance to your spirit and your spirit in obeisance to the spirit of God. Now, there are solical people who don't give way to the baser desires of the flesh. They control the flesh, but they're miserable. 
because they are not in obeisance to the spirit. And man has a spirit. What man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man that dwelleth in him? Even so knoweth no man the things of God save the spirit of God. I know some people want to bring up a theological discussion about that as to whether man is a two-part or three-part individual. Whether he's a dichotomy as they call it or a tripartite. Well, he's both. For the soul is the life, but it's the life of the spirit as well as the life of the body. And uh, the soul is the individual. So, there are soulical people who are not satisfied, they're miserable, though they don't give way to the basic desires of the flesh because they are not properly adjusted. The only way to be properly adjusted is to have your spirit in obeisance to the spirit of God your soul in obeisance to your spirit and in control of the body and then there's satisfaction and you can't have that without Jesus and then man wants security I have eternal security in Jesus Christ I have everlasting life and I'm secure for all time to come in Jesus so there's no satisfaction without him people without Jesus are miserable Oh, they whistle in the dark. They, they bolster themselves and go on and try to be satisfied, but they're not happy. Only Christ can satisfy. And if I had no other reason, I'd be a Christian. That's not why I'm a Christian. I'm not a Christian because I have influence on others. I do have. Everybody has influence. You have influence on somebody. You hold the key to somebody's heart. Nobody else but you can get into that individual's heart. It may be that you're leading somebody to hell, my unsaved friend. I wouldn't want to do that. The day I came to Jesus, ten boys followed me down the aisle to trust Jesus along with me. One day I got on an elevator in a hotel, and a fine-looking man on there said, Are you Monroe Parker? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Give me your hand. I was one of your Sunday school boys. Came to Jesus the day you were saved. Want to thank you for what your influence meant to me. Everybody has influence. A little hair casts a shadow. Isn't it strange that princes and kings and clowns that caper and sawdust rings and common folk like you and me are building for eternity? To each is given a bag of two. A shapeless mass in the book of rules. And each must make our life is flown. A stumbling block or a stepping stone. You are either lifting people up toward God. Or you're dragging people down toward hell. The life you live day by day. Is either helping to populate heaven. Or it's helping to populate hell. You have set in motion today. Influences that will sweep on and on and on. Into eternity. If I had no other reason, I'd be a Christian. But that's not why I'm a Christian. Why am I a Christian? It's in the text. We love him because he first loved us. We don't love him as if we ought. Here in his love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. But now, when we have him, we love him because he first loved us. That's what brought me to Jesus. I saw one hanging on a tree in agony and blood. He fixed his languid eyes on me 
as near his cross I stood. Sure, never till my latest breath shall I forget that look. It seemed to charge me with his death, though not a word he spoke. My conscience felt and owned the guilt and plunged me in despair. I saw my sins his blood had spilt and helped to nail him there. Another look he gave, which said, I freely all forgive. This blood is for thy ransom paid. I die that thou mayest live with pleasing grief and mournful joy. My spirit off is filled to think that I should such a life destroy, yet live by him I kill. In the very blood that my sins brought out of his blessed veins, the guilt of nailing him there was washed away. He loved me. That got hold of me, my friends. It drew me to him. It bound me. And he loves you. He took your hell for you. If you had been the only sinner who ever lived, he would have died for you just as he died for us all. He loves you. He suffered infinite agony that you might have everlasting life. Why not receive him as your savior? If you have him, yield your life to him. We love him because he first loved us. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.